0: ¿Estoy embarazada? First response. Sabe que esta es una de las preguntas más importantes que una mujer se hará a sí misma. Es por ello que las pruebas de embarazo First Response detectan no uno, sino todos los tipos de hormonas de embarazo, dándole una respuesta con una precisión superior al 99% a partir del primer día en que no tuvo su periodo. Las pruebas Early Results y Digital Pregnancy detectan todas entre las hormonas más importantes de embarazo generalmente encontradas en el orín. It's a new day. Yes, it is.
1: Welcome to the
2: greatest podcast of all time, which is entitled "You Say the New Day." New Day,
3: <laughs>
1: To me, to
2: me I'm gonna tell you why I messed up. Because I went to do the loud ooh and then at the last minute remembered I had to bring it back. But then as I was doing it, we remember we realized it was a pitch thing, so I was trying to play with it so that the air the, the tone wouldn't go out. And yeah. I completely blanked on what was next because I was so concentrating so hard on not messing up the mic. Anyway, welcome to the greatest podcast of all time, which is entitled The New Day.
0: Feel the power
3: Baby, yeah.
2: Now, ladies and gentlemen, I am Xavier Woods. And I and am B.E. I, I oh.
1: I, I was going second, Coach. Okay. I know, but there was a this pause is, there. This is, this this is getting this off is to like, a rocky start.
3: <laughs> I was like, wait, is it me? <laughs> it's like a slight pause. <laughs> That's <saw> all me.
2: <laughs> we can't even get to the intro. We can't even, even regress it. All right.
3: This is embarrassing. So, co- here, E, you go next. I am Big E. And I am Kofi Kingston. And
2: we have a guest on today, ladies and gentlemen, Mm. who has so many titles, so many accolades. A man who is quite possibly the the, the most world-traveled, educated man I've ever met in my entire life. And he just happens to also have links to wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, I give to you the incredible... Freddie Prince Jr. Give it Come up! Come
4: on, baby! Give it up! Thank you, thank you, the incredible yes. Edible Freddie oh, Prince Jr. There we go! Don't all forget! Right. Don't don't forget he all still, my calls. <laughs> he still got it. He still got it. <laughs> Good morning, gentlemen. Good afternoon to you guys. Afternoon. Ian, Ew, thank man. you very much
2: for being on, man. We appreciate yes. it. We've been uh, talking about it for a hot minute, and I'm so excited, uh, glad man. to finally get you. Uh, I time. wanted to bring this up instantly. So obviously, uh, everybody is aware of your uh, your prowess on the silver screen. Um, but I feel like there are many people who didn't know, myself included, before you told me how big into video games you were. Oh yeah. I Wanted man. to bring this up because uh, there's a video game that we spoke about that I know that E has a very uh, insane interest in, and that is Fight Night.
4: oh bro (laughs) so before we do anything i just want to give that information (laughs) okay so let's just the boring history thing is yeah i'm 44 so i played video games since they were invented i was an only child instead of pretend friends or brothers and sisters i had atari ColecoVision, and television and all the way through and i still play today but let's talk about fight night because I'm telling you right now, like we could be playing now. We don't have to wait for the new one before they shut down the online services. It still exists on the reverse gen. Uh, you get the Xbox version on your new Xbox. They sort of uh, modified it to work for that. And me and some of my friends have had competitions in this forever. Y'all know Macaulay, Macaulay Culkin. He's been yeah. to. I know Cove yeah. does at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He and I, we literally create each other in the game. So I created, <laughs> I created Macaulay Hernandez. And he's a seven foot Mexican with a sweet mustache. <laughs> he, and he's got like a 82 inch reach. Like he's just, he's a monster. And then he created this short stubby David Tua looking guy named Freddy Tua. And I'm this little Samoan dude with no reach, like little, and I just throw hooks and uppercuts. And this dude beats me with me. All the time. Like, I'll get, like, one out of ten on him. And everything else is just, he's killing me. And and my guy's humongous. But I can't, I can't be. So I love this game. I still play it. I even played the the first one that came out on the first PlayStation. Or PlayStation 2, maybe it was. And used to have tournaments at, uh, at Wilmer Valderrama's house. He used to have, like fight night tournaments in his backyard and i just go and smash all his friends that <laughs> his place. And, uh, <laughs> and then Mac was like my nemesis. He was the one that could always own me. So yeah, I've always loved video games. I still play them every day. I'd be playing them right now if I wasn't with y'all getting taxed in, in Warzone or something. But yeah, <laughs> man, I love video games. Bro, yeah, I my- got busted in a production meeting with Vince on a conference call <laughs> playing World of Warcraft. Uh, because I had already pitched my segment and he was like, yeah, all right, we got that. And we We're moving on. And then my dwarf was in a raid. He was this dwarven priest. And I just was in the middle of my, my moment. So I wasn't thinking about the work call anymore. And I was in my apartment. And so I hit the forward slash charge, which is like an emoji for people who don't know. Only this one in particular your dwarf would actually speak, and it was like this battle cry, and he go for Cosmo, <laughs> and Vince goes, God, what the hell is that?
1: <laughs> I was like, you my computer man, I was dying. <laughs> <laughs> oh man.
2: But with that, so like you said, uh, you know, being in meetings with Vince. So for people who don't know, could you give them a quick background on like how you are linked to WWE?
4: Um, I wrote for the WWE in like maybe 2007 and then a little bit the following year as well. The second time it was more just like acting acting lessons and doing like coaching and things like that at at pay-per-views and every once in a while at TV. But my first stint there, it was full on writer's room every day. And then uh, to every single TV. And it was crazy. I was not built for that business, that schedule, that lifestyle. And I, I couldn't hack it and eventually had to tap out. Um, but my arm was like that for a minute. Like, you know what I mean? They're like, is yeah. it gonna, is it? That? I was, I was Kurt Angle in, in LA at SummerSlam back in the day. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, man, it was, uh, it was an amazing experience and I still have relationships with people I worked with there to this day. And, uh, I definitely enjoyed it a lot more than, than any job I had in, in Hollywood on movies or stuff like that. Just cause you never knew what was going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah to yeah, me, man. that's,
0: that's one of the most like off the wall fun facts about WWE is that Freddie Prince Jr. <laughs> <will> like <laughs> yeah. work on the creative. It's like, <laughs> it comes out of nowhere. And the cool thing I listened to, and I told you this when we were uh, backstage in LA, I listened to you on Ariel Hawani's podcast uh, and talking about the Vince stories and running promo class. Uh, it's just so interesting to me because you could be doing so many other things, but here you you worked with pro wrestlers on their promos. <laughs> the,
4: the Ultimate Warrior touched my head in Albuquerque, New Mexico, when he was running out to the ring. And uh, it was a tingly Coliseum, which is like where they did rodeos and stuff. And there were like huge pillars everywhere. And there would literally be seats behind pillars. And uh, we got, my mom was seeing this guy who got us great tickets to the rodeo. He's running down and he touched my head and he won the match. And I was, I mean, I was just a kid, man. I was just a kid and I fell in love with wrestling. And then the very, and I, I watched my first match on TV after that. I didn't even know what pro wrestling was. And the first guy that I saw was the undertaker. And I was just like, this is what is going on? Like I was just obsessed <laughs> and uh, I fell in love with it. And I started going to indie shows and and then i go to WWE live shows. And then when I kind of made it, they would put you right up front at WrestleMania, which was like, yeah, that's better than getting the best seat in a restaurant in L.A. You know what I mean? Because I love, I love wrestling. And then when I was there, I met some random people. And they were like, dude, you, you, you should talk to Vince. You'll say no and not just crap on it. You'll have ideas, too. And I was like, yeah, I should talk to Vince. I wasn't wanting to act anymore. And so I was like, but what's going to happen, really? And so I went and they said, well, first you have to talk to Stephanie. And I was like, all right. And I didn't know that was like a big deal. I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to go talk to Steph. And I sat down, and it was a legit, like, job interview. And she was just asking me questions. I was like, oh, we're just going like this, okay. So I just started <laughs> throwing some stuff, and she was like, you have to talk to my dad. So then I talked to Vince, and uh, <laughs> I can tell this because Brian and I are cool, but my <laughs> first day, he brings me in the office, and it's just Brian Gawords and me. And uh, he goes, Brian, this is Freddie. He's going to be working with us on the writing team. Brian's very polite. He goes, oh, hey, man. Yeah, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, We both sit down and uh, Vince grabs Brian's script and he goes, well, Freddie's going to be rewriting this. And he just throws it to me. And I look at Brian and he's just looking at me like he's not nice anymore. And we walk (laughs) out of the room and I'm like, dude, I don't. And he goes, this is because you're here, man. And I was like, bro, (laughs) it's not. I'm so sorry. Like, I didn't know it was going to go down like that. And so I was like, okay, all right, but I'm a quick learner. And so it took me about two, three weeks. And then I kind of figured out how the river flowed, and and then I just had fun from that from that moment on, man. It was just the travel that kicked my butt.
3: <laughs> yeah, man. I I remember too, man. So uh, from my perspective, being somebody that was on the roster, because E, you weren't, were you on the roster when Freddie was doing like the uh, acting classes or no? No, I think, I don't remember when uh,
0: you left, Freddie, but I got there, I got to FCW in August of 09. Okay. And I remember hearing stories about yeah. it. I don't remember the timeline, but I definitely wasn't up on the road at the time.
3: It was, it was probably like my first taste of the extreme randomness of WWE. Literally, we came into work one day and everyone's like, okay, uh, so Freddie Prince is going to be uh, on the writing team and you guys are going to be taking acting lessons from him, uh, you know, a couple times a week. And I'm just like, Freddie, like Freddie Prince Jr. <laughs> like, he here? like in, in a wrestling setting, I'm like, oh, surely it's got to be like somebody with the same, the same name. And then we met and I'm like, oh, no, that's like legit Freddie Prince Jr., man. And I'm in an acting class, you know, learning from you. It, it, it was just, it's so, it just was so, so crazy.
4: surreal and weird, Kof. Yeah, like, Cause so like, it was like 60% and it was mainly like the younger roster, were hyped and they were like, okay, let's see what, I, and then like 40% were like, no, yeah. no, <laughs> no chance in, I mean, it was just, they were not having it. Yeah. And the first promo class we did, I remember Miz who was doing his own thing and doing well with Morrison and they had their dirt sheet. And I think, I don't, I don't know if they had the titles yet, but they were kind of doing their thing and we were going to do an exercise called repetition. And which Kofi will randomly probably remember where you're locked into whatever I say, it's like an improv technique. So I'd say, uh, that's the biggest Hawkeye shirt I've ever seen. And then Big E's locked into that verbiage. So he goes, this is the biggest Hawkeye shirt you've ever seen. And then I go, this is the biggest Hawkeye shirt. And it goes back and forth. And when it's like, two guys, it always gets like almost physical because our first reaction is, that's the biggest Hawkeye shirt I've ever seen. And we just get closer and closer. And then someone else <laughs> go, yo, don't fight for real, which I actually <laughs> had to do one time. And then if it's a guy and a girl, it always gets like sexy, right? They're like, oh, it's the biggest Hawkeye shirt. And then no matter what, like it just always <laughs> right. goes down like this. And so I said, who wants to try it? And nobody wanted to try it. And Miz was like, I got it. And I'm like, all right, this guy's got guts. He's coming up. He don't know what he's in for, but he's stepping up. And I go, all right, man, I'll start. He goes, no, 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 I'll start. And I'm like, what?
1: And now I'm hungry, right? Because I'm
4: like, oh, this guy's going to think that he's going to throw us. Okay, so throw something. And he goes, uh, here's his sentence. He goes, what the hell are you going to teach me about acting? (laughs) <laughs> and everybody, like all the energy in the room that was gone just goes, and like you could feel it. And so I was like, oh, okay. So I looked at him and just kind of cocked my eyes and said, what the hell am I going to teach you about acting? I was What the hell? And we go back and forth, back and forth. And eventually he changed the verbiage, which means you lose, right? And so he was—he tapped out and everybody was like, dude that was, dude, that was so cool. And he sat down and I, I remember saying this. I said, look, man, I know I'm not Robert Downey Jr., but Robert Downey Jr. don't give a damn about y'all. And I do. So take, so take what I can teach and the stuff exactly. you don't like, throw it away. And from that moment, it ended up being a good vibe, man. I remember you saying that too. Take
3: what, take what you can teach us and the stuff we don't like, throw away, right? Like to me, like I, I remember vividly, like just your passion. You know what I mean? And I was just like, number one, so taken back that you were even there and a wrestling fan. But, you know, you're like, well, I just sound like a 10 year contract. Guys, you know, use me. I'm here for whatever. And you just completely opened yourself up to, and you were there for us, you know. So, um, yeah, man, thank thank you for that, man. Because I I was at a point in my career, too, and I talk about this all the time. Like, I wasn't really getting a whole lot of mic time. And then when you think about it, we don't really like it's either like. You learn, you you know, you know how to cut a promo or you don't. Now it's a little bit different in NXT. You know, Dusty used to be there and, he, you know, have like an actual promo class where he would coach people, but yeah. it wasn't always like that. You know, we didn't get the chance to like apply techniques. It was like, okay, feel it and go. And some people Yo, can and that do that. That was the but,
4: craziest part you got. Kofi's yeah. dead on. Like when I got there, Vince had what he called promo class. And I'll never forget this, he goes, uh, we're on the jet. And he goes, all right, Freddie, we're gonna do promo class and I want you to sit in and observe, tell me what you think. I'm like, all right, cool. And so we land and we do this class and he brings up Seamus and Wade Barrett. And uh, they're both standing there and he goes, all right guys, Remember, I need to see some razzle-dazzle. And this wrestler next to me leans into my ear and he goes, what's (laughs) razzle-dazzle? right away, I'm like, these kids are screwed. Like, he's using vaudeville terms. (laughs) But these young kids, they don't don't know, right? So they're like, what's vaudeville? I'm like, oh, Lord, okay. He says, "Uh, all right, boys. He goes, you're a dog. You'll remember this, Kofi. I think you were there. He goes, you're a dog and you're a dog. Now, make me want to watch you fight. And both guys turn into ghosts. I mean, Seamus is the most transparent dude. You, can, It was like a baby <laughs> fish, you could see. <laughs> everything inside his body and Wade is just like a statue they're both locked in fear legitimately i would have oh, yeah. been locked in fear if that would have been this and it's in front of all your peers oh my god and every decision maker in the business and they're all like this like the guy at a comedy club that's like yeah it, right? exactly so they're both sitting there and i'm telling you it's 45 seconds silence Neither guy speaks. And Vince just sits there and lets him boil in this man's stew of despair. (laughs) And finally, Wade, God bless him, man. He had the courage to go first, right? He heard dog, and that was the word that, like, keyed in. And so my man growled. And he goes, Gurr. and before he can finish the err, Vince goes, not an actual dog. No, no, dog. And he cuts this like five minute promo on the guys about understanding what the, you know, what this dog is and all this. And so then once he said all that, it's quiet again. And, and Seamus says uh, out loud, I don't know if he meant to, he goes, I think I'm having an out of body experience. <laughs> and Everybody kind of laughed and it relaxed the mood and that, and then once it was relaxed, they both took a shot. Right. And it didn't work because they weren't in an environment that was conducive to success. And so the class is over and I'm in Vince's office and uh, at this arena. And he goes, so what did you think? And I was like, <laughs> we can't ever do that again. <laughs> and he's like, what do you mean? I go, Vince, they, they don't know what razzle dazzle means. I do. I was like, let me, and this was the birth of promo class code. Right. I was like, let me take this over and show you what I can do with no cameras, with no no agents, no one else in there but talent, so they feel safe. And then I'll report to you privately who's got it and who doesn't, who can talk and who we have to work with a little bit. I'll let you know all that stuff. And I was communicating with him just him. But man, watching that first class, I was like, yo, how, yeah, man. how could you how could you learn? Like it was imagine it was crazy. all the people that control your career. Watching you do an improv that you're not prepared for, he said. He said, "Imagine,
3: yeah."
4: It's
3: just <laughs> like you said, man. Initial promo class, man. It was. I remember like eight of us. I think it was me, uh, Cody, Ted DiBiase, Carlito. Uh, I forget a handful of people, but that's what it was, man. It was legit sink or swim. This was even before they had like all the producers and like writers and everything in the room. I remember specific, like, so I think it was Cody versus Carlito, and he's like, "All right, your word is calculator." So Carlito, you know, he's like, "Okay, well, um, yeah, I got this Texas Instruments calculator here, and you know, it adds, subtracts, multiplies, divides." He just went on about a calculator, you know, and then Cody all of a sudden just starts shooting talking about like well calculate this and calculate that and, cal- and all of a sudden we're like oh no it's wild west in here so every time you went to promo class it was about like not getting eviscerated and eviscerating somebody on a shoot level <laughs> so then you walked out of there and it was like oh you're, you're just so like riled up
4: and now you got to do tv you know <laughs> bro it would be, it was so uncomfortable to i'm telling yeah. you man I, you'd be sitting there like are they gonna fight like right because i right. would fight like if you're gonna be like you know what freddie you never can pull off the dramatic role. You can never do that. You were a com- comedy guy at best. Romantic comedy guy. Was just, <laughs> I'd, I'd, By the time you get like 30, 40 seconds in, somebody's getting hit. That's it. <laughs> and, and you <laughs> guys had, had to just sit there. It was crazy. I literally it was like, crazy, yo, man. how can you learn? Like, yeah. that's like gladiator style, but Yo, this ain't life or death. What? It's a TV show. <laughs> it's, like, wait, it's long order, make, man. Put, smile on, put smiles on faces.
3: So I did appreciate you having like a more of a, a structure to learn, you know, because I think a lot more people are like conducive to learning when you feel not necessarily like relaxed, but you're not you're not like feeling like a target. You
4: don't go in with like your guard up
3: and and defensive, you know, so it was a good it was good to be in, man.
4: As an actor and as an artist, that's what we all want. So I just tried to give you guys what I always wanted and taught you guys. None of those were my stuff. That was all my acting coach's stuff. And I just brought it there because it helped me work when I sucked. And so I just wanted to help everybody else out, man.
2: That's the thing that's good about it is I feel like lots of people uh, don't understand that people just don't most people I'll say don't just have the ability to just be good at something. They learn from somewhere, they're from someone. And so to be in the types of situations that you described with like, with no essential, essentially no lane built for you to learn. It's just either you get to the finish line or you don't. It's like, yeah, for like the chosen few, that's fantastic. But for like the 95% of the rest of us, like, we need something that's actually going to give us reps and allow us to build on what we learned the day before and things like that. So uh, being a part of that and coming from the world of television, which is the same, but so different from the world of wrestling. It's nice to have someone from from, quote unquote, the outside who's trying to Bro, come in. It was wild.
4: People. It was wild seeing TV writers come in there and try to write for wrestlers. wrestler. It was I'd literally sit there and be like, you're going to pitch that. And he's like, yeah, that that doesn't work. I'm like, all right, no, go ahead, go pitch that. (laughs) And and they get laughed out the room. They're like, why can't we do that? I'm like, bro, you got to at least watch a match. Like, you have to watch a match. You have to know, you don't have to watch all the 80s. You don't have to watch Attitude Era, but you at least have to have seen a match. And not (laughs) just one after the USA Network were like, hey, watch a match. You're going to go work on Raw for a while. We're throwing you a boat. Like, that doesn't count. And every, I won't say names, but every like four months, a new one would come in. I'd be like, bro, you just pitched a swinging axe over Vicky Guerrero, and it gets closer and closer as the match goes on. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> and he's looking at me like
4: I'm bitching the bad stuff. He's looking at me like, why, Yeah, why doesn't that work? And I'm like, Bro, like a steel cage is 10 grand just to get over there. You want to do a, a swinging like Edgar Allan Poe poe over? I'm like, get out of here. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Though. I loved working there. I really did. It might not sound like it, but I did. <laughs> How different was it for
2: you or what was the adjustment time like to go from the world of acting, which is much different from the world of wrestling? How did you uh, deal with with, with the differences?
4: I didn't mind much because I was really done with acting. I was beyond burnt out. I had kind of came to this self-realization that I was chasing the ghost of my dad and trying to set right what my family felt was not in order. And once I did that, I just felt like I had no direction. What do you do when you accomplish all your goals before you're 30 and you didn't have the foresight to plan more goals. (laughs) So I didn't, I was really burnt out and I didn't enjoy like the last three acting jobs I did. Like they were, this is bad to say, but it's just, I'm just trying to be honest. Like they were legit. Just they're paying me how much? Oh yeah. Yeah. That's a good script. So, you know what I mean? Like it was just a check, I didn't have passion anymore. And when I came to terms with that, I was like, I can't do something that I don't love. I can't do something I don't have drive or or passion for. So I got to stop. And then I went to WrestleMania for Flair's retirement match and because and, I love Flair and I'm sitting there ringside and watching it and one of the uh, one of the publicity people in WWE she came up and started talking to me about the brand and that's when I told you they're like oh you got to talk to Vince and, and all that stuff and I had passion again for the first time in like a year and a half creatively and I hadn't experienced it in so long it's like a drug man it's just like there was a great boxer named Marvelous Marvin Hagler he's still alive and after he won the championship he did an interview and he said it's a lot harder to get up and run at four o'clock in the morning when you sleep in silk pajamas. Mm. And that's a crazy thing to say in the seventies, man, when people are targeting you guys like Sugar Ray Leonard and, 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 and my man from Detroit, whose name escapes me right now, Hitman. You guys know, Tommy Burns. Burns. yes, thank you. Tommy Hearns. So when those guys are targeting you, that's a, a lot of honesty to say, but it's the truth, man. Like it was hard getting on those flights and going to, going to Cleveland when, you know, I live in palm trees, it, you know, like December in Indianapolis is no freaking joke. I was born on a surfboard down there.
1: You know what I mean? Like, I'm
4: not, I'm not tough. Like y'all, man, I'm not built for that. I'm, I have no shame in saying that. I ta- like, In the beginning of the interview, I, I, tapped out. I tapped out. I see you just like
3: coming out on a surfboard, just, oh, I'm bored. Bro. Hey, hey, hey bro. I had,
4: me, me and a, and a, makeup lady drove from Atlanta to like Tennessee or some crap right in the middle of winter. And it was so cold. And, uh, I went with, her. I didn't want to go in the writer's car cause they were making me insane. And so everybody was just throwing their ideas at me. Right. And I just wanted to be with somebody who didn't care about that. And so her and I rolled to the next town and I'm driving for, her. that was the deal. And it was so There's no, you guys know this. There's no one on the roads when you're traveling at, you know, one o'clock in the morning from one town to another. And so it was already creepy and there's snow everywhere. And then we've been driving at least an hour, haven't seen a car, all white snow. And all of a sudden there's just a single tree on fire on the side of the road. And I'm slowing down and I go, yo, do you see that? She goes, don't slow down. I'm like, Oh, (laughs) I guess this happens all the time. So we keep driving. And it was, it was, this is like 07, 08. And the governor of Georgia declared a state of emergency because basically the state was frozen, okay? All of the roads, the trees, everything was frozen. I'm already creeped out because I saw the random burning tree that God was like, don't go this way. (laughs) And I didn't listen. So we get there and we can't go to our hotel because it has this downgrade slope of a driveway and the car won't be able to stop. They literally won't let us go down. So I go to the airport and we're driving a mile per hour. And uh, I see this Jamaican dude in an airport bus. Right. And so I knock on a window and he opens the door and I'm like, hey, man, where can we stay tonight? They won't let us stay at our hotel. And uh, he points me in the right direction to like a residence in or something. And we go and there's another hill. And I'm like, I don't we can't, we can't get down this hill. I go, all right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to get on my suitcase and we're going to slide down like the Griswolds in Christmas Vacation. <laughs> at me and she goes, I'm not doing that. I go, you're going to freeze and be a news story. And I'm going to be a suspect in a murder or you're going to get on this suitcase and we're just going to go for it. And finally she said, yeah, cause it was literally that, or we're sleeping in a car and that's not how ha- I'm not doing that. I'm not tough. I'm not doing that. (laughs) So we get on my suitcase (laughs) and I I almost cussed, but I believe you not in like less than a second, we were moving at terminal velocity. Like, I, was, she, I was more scared than her because I didn't know how we were going to stop. And so we're going straight down and I'm putting, my heels are like this, right? Like in the snow, just like a Flintstone. And we finally get to the bottom, we stop and all the people, and they're all looking like this. And we walk up and they're like kind of, one guy's clapping, others are laughing. And I walk, and they're like, man, he goes, we thought you were going to die. <laughs> surprised you i was like dude i just in the room man you have no idea to drive i just had i saw ghosts and that was when i started going like i gotta be back at the
2: beach it reminds me of Eve when we slept in the car in new york because there were all the hotels for like 300 bucks yeah we saw that guy at dunkin donuts yes so again like just normalize this guy was sitting there drinking his coffee another guy walked up to him grabs it and just smashes it on his table and starts screaming at him and then this girl walks him out and it was like then they just continued business as usual. And so we just left and got back in the car and went back to sleep. And it was like, no, no, no. We just we just experienced something.
0: We should we should feel some kind of way, but we're like, oh ah, yeah, you know, it's three a.m. Of course that happened. Well, we also yeah.
4: left too because we don't know if he's coming back with a gun. I just say,
0: let's let's just make sure, just in case. Let's get out of
4: here. <laughs> we'll sleep in a car on a different corner. Let's we go this
1: did. We moved the car. <laughs>
4: <laughs> we just went around the block and parked it and went to sleep. <laughs> oh my! God. So far away. Now you're safe.
2: <laughs> oh oh yeah. It's so it's so weird because like yeah. Like there, there are a bunch of stories like that. The, the place that had the um, there's only one bathroom on the floor. Oh yeah, yeah. in uh, the in Bay, Area, San, like San Francisco, San Francisco
0: right? Yeah. Horrible. In San yeah.
4: Frans- there's a hotel where they they go England eighty style.
0: Yeah. Yes. Uh, and and uh, well, this is after a tour, and I just was I was over. It. I just want to get some sleep. And uh, Kofi and Woods just said, "Nah, we're going to book elsewhere." And I just said, "This is where I'm staying for a couple of days, I guess." So yeah, and it, it was real. It wasn't just the one bathroom. It looked real dingy. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if a rat came scurrying out of a corner.
2: Uh, okay, so besides wrestling, I've also learned uh, through many conversations with you that you are like the biggest comic book nerd ever, and I
4: love it. Oh yeah, I got Preacher the, in a Bible series oh, right here. And they literally nice. put all in a trade paperback and they made the trade paperback a Bible. Oh my what? God. Yeah, That's bro. incredible. So Did you I'm enjoy the uh, AMC series? Preacher. You know, I only watched the first season and I thought the look of it was really, really cool, but I'm not a big, the guy from Scooby-Doo says this, I'm not a big (laughs) adaptation dude, right? Like if (laughs) I already know how it's going to end, I don't, I don't have any interest in seeing it. So the Harry Potter movies, I didn't even see until they were on television. Gotcha.
3: Oh, mm. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat with that, especially Preacher, because it's so good. Um, the same thing with like Walking Dead. Like they got to a certain point and then like the show went off in one direction where the books went off in another. And I feel like you're
4: constantly just comparing. Right. Like this but isn't the, the way it's supposed for to happen. Walking Dead was very close. Like yeah, the Drake upper- Darabont episodes I thought were very close to the comic. Yeah. And as he sort of faded away, it faded. Here's a crazy story. I, the reason I joined WWE was the walking dead script came across my desk and, uh, I was like one of three guys that was going to get it. And I was like, no, nah, I'm going to go work for WWE wow. and, and took the job in Stanford. Instead. Were you were you supposed to be Rick? I don't remember. Oh. I, they, I never read it. I just know that they sent it and they were like, Hey, there's three rules in here. And there's three guys that they want. So you'll be one of these guys. He'll be one and this guy will be one. And, uh, they want you guys to read for all three. And I was like, okay, all right. And then the offer from WWE came in and I was like, man, I don't, I don't know what to do. And Sarah was like, do you love acting? And at that point in time, I was like, no, 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 I don't. And she goes, do you love wrestling? I was like, yeah. And she's like, then you know what you got to do. And so I went and did it and didn't have to go to Georgia for seven years. Yeah! <laughs> wow. No offense to Jordan. Wow. Oh, I'm a oh, Cali boy. I'm a Cali boy. Sorry.
1: I, just need I, I am too. I'm, I'm both. I'm both. Both, okay. both. are ingrained in my soul. <laughs> right,
2: but uh, as far as comic stuff, so we got to do the uh, the DC tabletop. Yeah, uh, bro. Stuff. So you do a lot of tabletop, Can you speak on like your love of tabletops or what you're
4: playing right now? Yeah, man. So we did DC All-Stars, which was this old like Dungeons and Dragons game that took place in the DC universe in 1985. And we had my buddy Sam Whitworth was the best dungeon master that I know, game master, however, whatever term people like. Um, he did this full on like John Hughes kind of story. And that all sort of spawned from he and I playing Star Wars role playing games together, which was D&D but in the Star Wars world, and it was all licensed. So they did full cannon, and all the alien races were in there, and you can get millions of weapons from all over the galaxy, starships. My character's this half-cat, half-man, Cathar. He looks like uh, Beauty and the Beast when Ron Perlman played him in the 80s, hey, yeah. right? But he's <laughs> a coward, like, my guy's a coward. He's terrible with guns. But his trash talk game is amazing. So each I cut promos on on NPCs every game that every game that we play. And he has his own voice and all this stuff. So we were playing these games, and it got me back into running games to the point where there's this homeschool D&D league that I didn't create because they're 48 now, but I was their first DM. I was the, the first group of uh, fives, DM. And then it sort of grew from there so they could just interact with other kids that weren't in school. So I've had a love for it for a long time. Tonight, actually, Woods, if you want, we do it every week. I host a private uh, RPG night here on Zoom where I set up the table, the boards. If you don't have dice, I'll do your rolls for you. And I have little ca- two cameras that surround my table plus the laptop cam. And I just host a game there as the dungeon master. Um, so we do that, too. So, yeah, man, I've been doing this since I was 12. Took about a 10-year break. And uh, we're, I'm literally talking to you on my game table, right? Like, this is my dice tray. These are okay, dice and different uh, games. Oh,
2: sick. What different colors that we got oh, there? Yeah. Okay.
4: That's like four different okay. games right there, but I only have one <laughs> dice tray, so I got to share. <laughs> but yeah, I'm in my attic right now. This is my, my game table. I got luchador masks up here. I got superhero props up here. And I got a bunch of, like, minis and game pieces, and we're doing a pirate one tonight.
2: You were kind enough to grace us with your presence for season three of Rollout as our dm our dungeon master uh i just want to let people know that premieres on up up down Down on april 21st 10 a.m uh freddie you had a a hand in making this story and by that i
4: mean you wrote the whole thing yourself dude i'm this is the first time i've been allowed to talk about this man i'm good at kayfabe i'm good and (laughs) yeah I, i i still write everything in a spiral i have one right here Hold on! Oh, spiral notebook, baby. This <laughs> one old familiar school. to uh, hey, to buddy. everyone who watches the the season because I did another one in blue. Okay, that's where I write all my uh, my RPG stories. I do cyberpunk ones in there, and I wrote a very sort of futuristic, out of the D and D world story for you and your squad, and uh, we sort of pull you out of that forest in the D and D universe through a portal. And we bring you guys into uh, the year 21, I think it was twenty one twenty two 22 um, in Neo-Tokyo, Japan, because I'm obsessed with everything Japan. <laughs> and I tried to take you guys out of your element, um, maintain your, your motivations and your characters' moralities, but kind of show you guys a different dice system and a whole different uh, style of play. And I had a blast getting to do it. Everyone who watches will basically know every anime I've ever seen and loved. Um, cause I steal from all of them. And, uh, <laughs> and I had so much fun doing it. It was the first time that I'd done one on camera ever. And I remember we talked about it at dinner, um, out here in Los Angeles when you kind of mm. brought it up. And I was like, I don't think I've done that since the sixth grade. <laughs> and, but I took it real seriously. And I wrote the story in about three weeks to a month. And, uh, your team over there was crazy helpful and helping, bring that story to life through minis and models and the set. Um, which was also those colors that we were discussing earlier, the purples (laughs) and greens and blues that everyone loves. Um, and your chair matches by the way. Um, so, uh, so yeah, man, I got to do it. I got to be your GM. I'm really excited. Uh, if anyone hates it, I'm sorry. If anyone loves (laughs) it, you're welcome. And, uh, it's already done, so I can't change nothing. I had a blast <laughs> whether you, like it or not. Um, but we seem to have fun, man. And uh, and I told you, if you want uh, Whit World, do your next season if you want. We're all
2: about it. We're all he's about the man, it.
4: Man, bro, he's 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 like if I'm Stallone, he's Schwarzenegger. You know Whoa, what I am you, you put
2: you put Schwarzenegger over Stallone.
4: I don't. Most people. Don't. I name my son Rocky, so it's all Stallone. Oh, but I okay. just I can't I can't be anyone but Stallone. Most people say Arnold won So, you know, he would be the Arnold And I would be the Stallone <laughs> All it's
1: okay. right, It's just
4: honesty, bro It's just honesty, <laughs> but Stallone is better We all agree Stallone is more talented He also writes, an Academy Award winner Stronger actor Someti- Sometimes a little more ripped Not as bulky, but a little more ripped And certainly as they aged Way more jacked Thank you very much
2: <laughs> Thank you for coming
4: to our TED Talk
2: <laughs> Well, if you guys want to check out Rollout It's going to be a five episode season That drops every Tuesday on uh, Up Up Down Down
4: At 10 a.m. So remember I'm hyped Maybe I'll even sneak in and watch And and take heat When people go I would have done it this way, Freddie And I'll be like But I wanted to do it this way And they'll be like No, you're dumb I'll be like, I'm sorry I didn't mean to be dumb
2: <laughs>
4: You don't know And then you shut down the app i didn't know i had that power
2: nice nice i i don't think people really uh realize or understand how much how many people in the world of entertainment are actually into fantasy type stuff, like comic books and video games, and just like things that allow your mind to relax a little bit. Cause like, like you explained to me when we talked last time, like you might have a job that's a couple of months and then you might kind of just chill at home for a couple of months. till the next job comes through. So like it makes perfect sense to fill your time like this. So then especially with like uh, people self quarantining and stuff, like you already are set up with the things that you like to do. Well, at I, home.
4: Everybody texted me like, "Hey man, are you okay?" I was like, "Bro, I was built for this. Like, I already don't like people. I don't leave the house unless there's money on a table. Like,
1: I, like you know what I mean?
4: Like, I love. I'm in my attic. I don't let my kids up here. I play video games and legit." play board games by myself if they don't want to play like i love it i can't stop you and me uh you and me play some games woodsy we play some games bro yeah we're gonna dig into it especially some sea of thieves sea of thieves you'll love that's a pirate game you guys and i don't know if you ever played the video game but basically you load the game you press start it gets a load screen and then you're a pirate on an island and that's it no instructions, uh, no anything. There's wow. just three people you can get quests for and a boat. And you get on your boat and you go out and you find other players and you interact with them or you find NPCs and do quests to get gold. You can start to customize your guy. My guy looks like a fat Conan O'Brien. We call him <laughs> Fat Conan. And uh, he's sweet though, man. He's a deadly pirate. And uh, so I'll play that in the mornings. And then they created the damn RPG. So now I'm playing that too, man. Damn. Uh, I yeah, Like playing video games every day. Yeah,
3: that's that's right up your alley, Woods. You know, because uh-huh. we yeah. talk about like impersonations all the time. <laughs> you know, and the one that Woods is the best at is that pirate voice. That's so true. you just just go on there. You you know, living your pirate life, living your best pirate life. All right.
1: <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> Are ye land lovers? <laughs> That's right. I DM in a pirate voice too, so get used to
1: it. <laughs> Bro, it's, pirates,
2: pirates have the best accent ever. Are you be, be knowing knowin' about Blackbeard? How about old
4: Blackskin? <laughs> <laughs> <That's me. laughs> Stop! Please let that be your name when we play. Yeah, yeah. Captain Blackskin at your <laughs> service.
2: I be Blackskin the Great, the deadly <laughs> <laughs> pirate in these seven seas. The Kraken
1: Killer.
4: (laughs) We do a cyberpunk street racing one, too. It's like Street Outlaws and Johnny Mnemonic if they had a baby. G3 assistance through Virginia's community colleges is your pathway to a new future. Helping those who qualify pay for school and train for the right career. Right where you are, right now. Get a skill, get a job, get ahead. You can learn more at vccs.edu forward slash G3.
1: Okay, so, so
2: quick question. So we, we've covered like the big general broad strokes of essentially our relationship that we've talked about, um, but I am curious if uh, you'd be okay with me asking you a question about the
4: movies that you've been in. Yeah, 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 ask whatever you want, man.
2: What's your favorite role that you've had, whether it's on the screen or like when you were younger as a kid doing stuff, like what's, what's your favorite role you've had and why?
4: It's probably changes depending on when I've been asked the question, like where I was at in my life at that point, right? My favorite movie that I've done, I'm really bad in, but I was a young, young actor. It's called The House of Yes. It's a small independent movie starring Parker Posey. And this young girl comes into the dynamic who's Tori Spelling. And this is not like 1997. Her dad financed the movie. <laughs> and um, she comes into this dynamic and Parker hates her and just physically emotionally and and mentally just systematically breaks her down until she's just a puddle of mud at the end of the movie um and it was really cool but that was the movie that and I was fortunate enough I saw someone love what they do and that was Parker and it made me want to feel like that and it got me very hungry for acting and it gave me motivation beyond what my family put on my shoulders, which isn't motivation, that's pressure. And there's a big difference, right? Like pressure is I have to do this or else. Motivation is I'm going to do this against all else, right? So that was the first time I saw that. And because of that, and that my character was like a young Norman Bates. So it was a lot of fun indie film. This guy, Mark Waters, uh, wrote, adapted it from a play and directed it. He did Mean Girls also. Um, And his brother wrote Heather's, and uh, also Demolition Man with the Three Seashells. Oh, oh. Dan Waters is his name. Wait, so does, um, what, so so does, does he, he ever released why the three? how the Three Seashells work? Uh, I actually know why, but I can't tell you on your podcast. <gasps> wow. So there's, okay. there's a script. Right. There's a script where it's, all, it never was shot, but there's a script that I, I said already, they didn't shoot it. But there's a draft where it, the explanation of the seashells are there. Because uh, Stallone doesn't know how to use them, and then the Benjamin Bratt character tries to like break it down for him.
2: Oh my god!
4: But that's all I'm saying. Okay, Otherwise, I, I won't get secrets. Right? Oh. And if you haven't seen Heather's, go watch Heather's because he wrote that, and it's a crazy, crazy dark comedy starring Winona Ryder and Christian Slater when they were young, hungry actors making crazy choices, and it's a great flick. I'll make money from that. So go see it. <laughs> <laughs> trying to get that ad revenue at the end.
1: <laughs> I don't.
4: I, get, I don't get a dime.
1: Just go watch it. <laughs>
2: all right. Well, we'll check that stuff out. Um, where can everybody find you on socials? I know you got your gaming stuff and then uh, Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff. What you got?
4: Yeah. So Real Freddie uh, I, I think, is the Instagram. Real FPJR is Twitter. Uh, my YouTube channel's is Gaghead. That's Egghead with a G. Um, that's on Twitch and Facebook also. Um, and those are the places that you can find me. If you're into games and stuff, we play all kinds of cool games, RPGs, regular board games, old school stuff, mafia, all kinds of fun games.
2: Nice, nice. Uh, we appreciate you being on, man. This yeah. is great. Yeah. Oh, so. great. Oh, Open so. invitation, you know. You got good, Thank you got good you. stories. I'll,
4: no, I'll come hang anytime, man. It trips me out. Like, I couldn't watch wrestling for almost a year when I quit. And so once I was able to like separate and get back into the brand was right, literally right when you came up and you started recruiting and you started talking to Big E and you started talking to Kofi and this new day was formed. And I've spoken about this before, how, how sick you guys got over and just how gangster it was. Um, I've talked about on my podcast, I've talked about it in other interviews, like I love what you guys did. So this is just sunshine right now. But, uh, but I remember watching that and I remember the crowd's reaction and I remember how I used to, preach, preach, preach when I worked there about if you're committed and know who you are. So if you're if you if you're committed to who that person is, it doesn't matter who that person is, it'll get over. And more often than not, you guys were stuck with these characters that you didn't know who they were because they were sort of created externally. And then you were supposed to have that same level of commitment. And when I watched you guys all come up and be yourselves, And I saw so much confidence in y'all being yourselves, which is something actors and painters and every other artist has to work on too to be great. I remember sitting there with my buddy. I was going, they're going to be so over. And he's like, dude, they're getting booed out the building. And I was like, nah, man. I was like, they are going to get over. And it was like maybe six months after that, they literally was like, no, they rocks. And I'm looking at my buddy. I was like, bro. And he goes, what are you talking about? I told you. And he was drunk or messed up. He goes, you didn't tell me anything. I was like, all right, man, all right. But yeah, man, I love seeing that. I love seeing that. I uh, appreciate and, that. You and, man. And, and, and congrats on all your on all your success. I love you. Got the world championship. I love watching Thank that. You man. My daughter and my son watched the match with me, man. That we had such a oh. good experience. It was great, man. Thank you so great, much, man. I dude. appreciate yeah. that, dude. Thank you. And shout out to keeping Morrison up on that top rope. Oh, oh. my God, bro! <laughs> bro, he's a beast, bro. <laughs> he's a beast. Woo. Like
3: he's he's unreal, man. He's unreal. He's like unreal. a little, like a little Jack, Jack,
4: like a white Jackie Chan, man. Bro, <laughs>
3: everything he does is just so it, it's it's incre- It's awe inspiring to watch. Like as a human being, that's something you see like on on YouTube or on TV. But to see it like in person, it's like man, like there's literally no strings attached. He That's sick. Anything, you're giving him props
4: after anything, all the crazy man. stuff you've done. That's crazy, sick, dude. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Bro, if I took one step on the top rope, I would just nut shot for real though. Like, what a career from He got One move,
1: By the way, you guys
4: need an announcer that does that voice. Well, maybe when we become kings, baseball voice. Oh, <laughs>
2: yeah. And when, when we when we become kings, if you want to come in and do that for us, because yeah, uh, when you're king. Yeah, well, well we, when I become king, we all become king.
4: Tell you what, I'll be your warm weather announcer. So <laughs> every, every city, every coastal city you go to in the summer, yes. I'm your guy. All right. And then, and then get, that, get the guy with the, with, the, with the strong tattoo game. I like that dude. Oh, uh, uh, Corey Graves? Grace? Yeah, Corey oh, Graves, yeah. man, he's a great heel. He Do you great work. Yeah, We were, we're thinking that, uh boy. they were
2: thinking we add Horn Swaggle to the mix as our jester and just pelt him oh, with ice cream. No. Yeah. yeah, a yeah. whippy boy, really. We don't
3: even have to do that like on screen. We can do that like in the privacy <laughs> yeah. of our yeah. Just yeah. backstage, <laughs> just throwing things at him, you know. Kofi,
4: do you remember when Swaggle came to promo class and Big Show came? And, yes. and Big Show legit cut the Christopher Walken pulp fiction yeah. with watch. the watch promo to swoggle as if swoggle was the young Bruce Willis and it was so tender and like I'm I'm telling you I'm not trying to like be corny (laughs) like I was I was like dude Show. I was like, that was so he goes, I was too scared to do a Christopher Walken accent. I was like, wait, what, why
1: would you, why you <laughs> think that was a thing?
4: But he was Bro. so money with it. I would remember watching it and being like, dude, this guy's acting his ass off right now. You know
3: what is funny, right? So and I I I was gonna mention this, and I'm like, ah, let me not. But so me and Kurt Hawkins talk about this all the time. He was in the class too. So we would be getting like feedback from you, right? So you we have our scene or whatever, and then you'd give us the feedback. But then show would like piggyback on top. And then also start like giving like feedback and everything. And we're just like, wait, a, you're in the class, man. You're not, like, the, you're not the TA, you're not you're the assistant. Veteran, you know. Yeah, so, but, so <laughs> me, me and Hawkins used to call him uh Scorshosey, <laughs> <laughs> I think he's on it. But then, he, well, now he got his own show on Netflix, you know what I'm saying, he's got his own series, you know what I'm saying? The yeah, show show. About, knew what he was talking about. I'm like, okay, about? so maybe, Maybe I'm maybe I didn't know what I was talking about,
4: you know? <laughs> so when I when I was young, the older cats gave me advice and I'd always be like, man, what are you trying to yeah. do? You're not the director. They're was, just trying I'm to like, help.
3: It's Freddie Prince right here, man. what, what are you talking about? So, so coming in trying <laughs> to add his own two cents. But there were a know, few wrestlers that
4: would have been, man, it's pretty friends in there. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
4: but I appreciate the way you said it. That was better. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> no, we had some beef. You remember. That's That wasn't any oh, secret. Yeah? There were a couple guys yeah. that, like, walked in and said their piece. I don't think you should be here. <laughs> it, it's crazy, man. I didn't care because Vince was the one that hired me. So right. I, unless he was yeah. mad, I wasn't going anywhere. So yeah, I, don't I think it's, like, it's yeah, a little man, too bro. real
3: sometimes, you know? It's, <laughs> That's it's, a thing. it's all good. It's, it's all good, good man. I love I appreciate you. Time. Yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> the best legit uh Natty who did Natty she punched uh she punched a dude in repetition, and sla- had, she's slapping people all the oh, time. I had, had break, I had to break her up. I was like, "Yo, we talk about the rules before every class. And you agree to the rule?" Like it was like she broke this trust. Right? She's like, "I'm so sorry."
1: <laughs> <laughs> so now she's crying. I was like, "Show that range. I get you on TV every week."
2: she's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> oh, got somebody before she comes out. Be honest. Yo, she be she She's she's a tough bird, man. She, I, <laughs> I love that. She, yeah. She almost
4: laid my man out. Yeah, she, she slapped <laughs> me in the face many a time. Ooh. Oh, yes. <laughs> she liked me too much. Hardy was the, Matt, Matt was the only one that punched me in the face. It was an accident, but he just about put me out cold, bro. <laughs> I was like running on a promo backstage, stopped, turned around to answer a question. I was looking for his brother, Jeff. He was about to uh, win the championship at Armageddon, and I hadn't found him in like three days. And uh, and so I'm running to find him. I stop. I turn around to answer a question. I turn back around and his arm
1: and just bang. He's
4: a wrap. He knows that pain.
3: <laughs> yeah. He'll tell you oh, right. about
4: that. And he tapes his hands up like. So it's even harder, man. It doesn't like help you. It's helping him not get hurt.
3: <laughs> Tighten his knuckles up. You know. really, really Hell lay man.
2: it in. <laughs> him, man. Uh, so I don't know if you know about this, Freddie, but I'll send you the link.
0: So it's E coming out for, is this your, was this your first televised match? So this is just my been very first in. match on yeah. the main roster. This is the night after WrestleMania. This is the same night that Dolph uh, cashed in on Del Rio and won the world title. So we were in IZOT, the IZOD Center in New Jersey and my very first match, cause I'm, I'm just, I've always done solo stuff. I'm not used to people being around me. So I just like to swing my arms violently to warm up. And I think I have enough room um, to just get to swinging. And uh, I feel a thud and I realize I see Dolph on one side and AJ's <laughs> on the other. It and I, it was the scariest moment of my career. <laughs> I, I assume that I hit her in the nose, that I broke her nose and she's on the ground. Blood is pouring. <laughs> I, I, I'm, there's a, a split second of horror. Uh, and then I turn around and she ate it like it was nothing. It hit her sternum. Uh, she was fine. She laughed it off.
4: Ooh, who Agent, Lee? AJ Lee. Oh my. It was a very God. small woman? Tiny. Yes. I'm, I'm so watching smart. a replay
2: right now. Your face, as soon as you connect, <laughs> horror. Your, your head, you're like your neck almost
4: breaks as, with the speed that you're turning Bro, to look to see what you hit. That was your first on TV, te- <laughs> so so before we had the, the WrestleMania- match even started you're just yes. in the oh my god so we
0: had we had a the wrestlemania tag <laughs> match uh the night before but this was the night after so my very first singles match on the main roster and i think it's gonna be all over <laughs> just like you nutting yourself uh, <laughs> uh immediately this is yeah. i thought this is the end of my career one and done thank you all uh and uh thankfully <laughs> she she <ate> it. Like, <laughs> it was nothing
4: how, how, how do you even <laughs> wrestle after that like that would be the only thought in my head would be so. Nah. This was fun because he was wrestling <laughs> Actually, Brian. Was Okay, if she wasn't was okay, playing.
2: I would have walked to the back. Shoot, and you, you're about to wrestle Brian, so yep, so you're fine. Oh my god, but do, man. You know, Dolph's face when you connect, his face is hilarious because his mouth opens like, oh god, and then you can see him <laughs> trying to not die laughing as he just like puts his arm around her and walks off camera. Oh my god, it's it is <laughs> perfect. <laughs> Oh <laughs> Okay sorry, sorry. I'm, oh Let's wrap this up Freddie thank you so much For being on We appreciate you man no, it's Uh it's my just, pleasure just a guys Thank soul, you thank you. A light, thank you man Like
4: you said A ray of sunshine oh. In a dark dark world You know That's right man That's right It's a dark world out there We gotta have Everybody's gotta have Someone in their circle That brings them A little sunshine
2: well, I hope you guys enjoyed listening to this right now. Remember uh Freddie let his socials out.
4: Freddie, can you hit him with your socials one more time? Uh real F P J R on Twitter, Real Freddie Prinz on Instagram and Geghead for YouTube and Facebook and all that good stuff, Twitch Bam. and all that. And for
2: me, it's Xavier Woods, PhD, on Instagram and Twitter. On YouTube, up, up, down, down. Obviously, you already listening to the podcast, so we don't need that one. But we can drop in twitch.tv slash Austin Creed. Check me out there pretty much daily playing games with my friend.
3: There you go. And I'm on uh, Twitter at True Kofi and Instagram at The True Kofi. And that's where my social mediums end. Uh, And don't forget to buy a new shirt on WWE shop. Uh,
0: It is the new day podcast shirt that features all three of our beautiful faces. Go ahead and cop that. I am at WWE biggie on Twitter and on Instagram, but per usual, I don't need your pity follows. And if you follow me, why don't you unfollow me? Yeah. I don't want them and I don't need them. I'm also on cameo. (laughs) And so obviously, hopefully you've already
2: subscribed to this podcast that you're listening to it right now. But if you haven't, go ahead and do that. And then make sure to tell your friends to subscribe to this podcast. Wherever they listen to podcasts, they can get it. Just search The New Day, Feel the Power. Click the pink picture with the three black guys' faces then subscribe. And if you're on Apple, make sure you give us that five-star review because it helps your boys out to have fantastic guests like we had on today.
4: Thank you very much. And for anybody watching this, if at some point you started singing the one of these things is not like the other song because they're all swole and i'm not uh respect big <laughs> See, time that's, respect that's going straight and then taking a right turn. <laughs> thought one, i just i was looking at all y'all i was looking at all y'all when you were doing your so i was like man kofi's arms are way more swollen than when i worked there and y'all both have swole camera angle I got no swole going. Don't flex. Mm, big Don't flex. flex. Anyway, sucks to be old. <laughs> <laughs>